Hello? No, I'm not home. I'm at the Parababble studio. Yeah, how do you call in or do you go on the interwebs or... You're calling in right now. You're on the show. We're on the show? Yeah. Caller 12. You're on the show. All right, hold on. <laughs> we have a question. Okay. Is all the moaning and groaning that a ghost does, is that really them just having sex? <laughs> <laughs> comes from um, a Christmas past. No, 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 no. We're not, just, we're not talking about the Christmas past ghosts and jeans. Like, you know, is this plausible or no? I mean, do ghosts have intercourse? Absolutely. Uh, are they that transparent that they can't? Oh, you've split the pair of babblers here. Jeff says absolutely. <laughs> Rob's like, I, this is not the question I even want to try to explore. It's a it's a good question though. It's a good. It's not a good question. It's a good question. Don't encourage this. <laughs> it's true. Well, it's never talked about. So we're just wondering. Yeah, it's never talked about because. Do you even you don't even believe in ghosts? Did we come up with a uh, consensus yet? Yeah, um, Jeff. What do you say? Uh, absolutely, because if you have um, people get having sex with ghosts. Females oh. and males. Kesha did that. Yeah, that is. There are stories so, about that. I can't. I can see why ghosts might be able to. Ghosts, ghosts and ghosts. It's, it's ghost mm-hmm. not ghost action. We think. Well, according to Kesha, human on ghost action has happened, and she wrote a song about it. So, if that's possible. I guess, yeah. So Rob says that if Kesha says it's possible, then he's going to go with that. Yeah, I think, I really think it's plausible. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say no to that. You're, you're a no? Yeah, I'm a no because they're not solid. There's no, there's no substance to a ghost. Yeah, but could it be spirits, like, their way of getting it out? Wow, we're stumped now. I, I don't... That's got to be next week's or next month's discussion. No, that's never going to sure. be a discussion. I think it's a discussion yeah. right now. I think we'll I, carry I this on. because in our house I hear a lot of moaning, and let me tell you something. <laughs> 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 it's got to be ghosts. So, are you are you trying to say that our house is haunted? <laughs> no, he's saying there's no sex in the house. We already know that. No, wait, I really w- I want to explore this a little further because you don't believe in ghosts, but you think that the house is haunted. No, the, ho- the house has, has something going on with it. I don't know what it is just yet. Just yet? How long have we been it's living there? It's haunted because I'm not scared. You you have to, do you have to be scared for it to be haunted? Well, yeah, that's called a haunting. You know what I mean? You like, like, you know how that engine on that Land Rover's haunting me? Yeah, that's a nightmare. You know what I mean? So, so if a ghost is energy, and you feel a your ghost, you walk through energy. Could there be another ghost that comes through that has the same type of energy, and can those two come together and be one no. one ball of energy? No, and I'm going to tell you why this is like completely unplausible. 
Because when you die, your priorities are not the same as they are when you're a human. You are in the spirit realm. So, so ghosts don't earthly, procreate? No. Do they eat? We don't know. Do they eat? Are they hungry? Do they use yeah. the bathroom? Sure you guys get that so that I can um, take care of the rest of dinner here. All right. Well, we'd like to thank the caller. Yeah. It, it's yeah. not. They don't. And that's the answer. Because she's telling us. <laughs> this is a discussion for later, Ailey. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, you guys be good. All right. <laughs> Keep the fight alive. <laughs> Thanks. Yep. Yeah, bye bye. Bye. Where's that caller from? <laughs> Leave it up to my husband. I want to know the answer to that question. That was a good question. It's not a good question. Yeah, you get, obviously it split us up in thinking. No, if you really think about it, that does not happen. But but what about Kesha? Well, it's Kesha. I don't think that was well, really... Well, Kesha said what? She was... That was probably more drug-related than anything else. Kesha legit said that. That happened to her. And she even wrote a song about it. Ghost, go, uh, ghost slept with her. Yeah, there's a whole song. There's a, there is a Kesha Isn't song. Isn't it the Succubus and Incubus? Can you want me to look it up? Because I will find it. You can. I think she was under the influence of Molly when maybe when she was doing that, honey. That sounds right to me. Yeah, but look at the entity. The story um, with uh, Barry Taft. You know, that was this big case out in California. I do think that people do think that that has happened to them, but I don't think that two spirits together, that's happened. So there's no tag, there's no three-way either? Can we go there? I mean, if you think about it, how many times do you think that there's more than one spirit in a location? You think they all know each other and they're like partying it up? Yes. No. Maybe. I don't why, know. Why, whoa, whoa, whoa. So you don't think there's spirits that know each other in the same area? No. I don't think they're aware of each other. So they're all just alone all the so time. So do you think a spirit? This and this is going to go right into our asylum show, I think, and what we find. We'll, so do you think we'll figure out a way to segue it in there eventually? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. we will. Yeah. But, like right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Asylums, ghosts. So every ghost you're saying doesn't know that they're there. I'm not saying like, that they don't know. Ghosts. Like, say me and you kick it, and we go up top or wherever we go. Are we going to be like, hey, Allie, hey, Jeff? Do you no? see? Do you see every ghost that you get an EVP from? No. No, of course you don't. Why not? We don't have that answer right now. Yes, we do. We're, we're not going to answer that. Some spirits are stronger than others. So, do I think that everyone knows that everything's there all the time? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think residual haunts know that there's ten other spirits roaming around the the, the place. Well, residual, but we we have to talk about an intellectual haunt then. Well, that's different. You asked me <clears> if every ghost, and I said right, no. We'll I don't think every ghost, ghost. We'll take the every ghost off the table. I think that there so, are some that can manifest <clears throat> and do things more so than others can. But think about it. I mean, if you could go anywhere in the world and do anything, and you're on a spiritual plane, you're not going to be affected by the things that you were affected at when you had a physical body. What if you missed a relative or a friend or a husband or a wife? Then you go visit. But are you having sex with them? Sh- should we hear what Kesha has to say about? This? <laughs> what does Kesha have to say about? Well, here we go. This is this is not the song. I'll play that at the end. Well, of the we'd like to hear her. Because, but, yeah, here, here. Let's hear what she has to say about this. Uh, nice to meet you. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Very well. I just want to say great to you. Thank you very much. Um, now, now that that's out of the She looks high in this. Maybe I could talk to you a little bit about magic. Is that sure, yeah. Magic? Because, like, I've read from a number of different sources in life, mm-hmm. whether it's love or a drunken evening, 
sunrises. Um, making out with a ghost. There it is. There are lots of different ways to experience the magic of life. Well, now, making out with a ghost came up a bit earlier than perhaps I was expecting. The things you've mentioned that we're going to have to go there now, even though you've just spoken about it, I know. But um, it's the subject of one of the songs on the album, isn't it? Yeah. Um, did, this presumably really did happen to you. Yeah, it really did. I know it's hard to understand, but you haven't experienced it. Yep. Yeah. It's hard to understand, guys. And, and what exactly happened? I lived in a house, and there was an energy there that was very sexual, mm-hmm. dark, mysterious, magnetic. And Vampire. Then I, he just made a move. Right. And then I, I was living in this place for a couple months. And it was really bizarre and hot. But then I decided that I was like, I need to probably move out. In the day that I was moving out, I found a snake under my pillow. Like a, like a leaving present for you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And this is definitely a guy ghost. Yeah. Yeah, you can just tell. I just tell. Okay. Do you think some people are more kind of prone to things like that happening to them? Absolutely. Yeah. I am prone to that because yeah. I'm very open to the supernatural. <laughs> I've experienced multiple ghosts in my life, or supernatural energies, whatever you want to call them. Okay. And do you think, at the risk of sounding a bit grand, do you think you're kind of, you have a, uh, there's a reason this stuff happens to you? Drugs. Like they just love to fuck with me, maybe. <laughs> okay. Okay, then. Um, okay, so the album, uh, sorry, the animal, the, the album even, it's called Animal. Um, and in contrast to your two okay. first albums, I, I right. can't even. <laughs> um. That's what happens when you um, are sexually abused as a child and you try to block it out of your mind. You ghost come get it, you? You reframe it and think it was a ghost that did it. But there are people who have claims of that actually happening to them. But ghosts come in there and use their energy. <laughs> To um, manipulate. Move this glass. Oh, you can't do that? Oh, but you can do that. <laughs> Give me a break. Well, what's the difference if you walk through an energy and you feel warmth and love and you're surrounded by it and say, say you go on a, um, you know, an investigation and you walk into a ball of energy that is just so overwhelming? Because you're talking about feeling energy, which is an impression. Versus having sex with a spirit, which is a physical thing. They're completely different. I'm not saying... I'm not... Obviously, the sexual part of it can't be... Um, like, normal human sex. <laughs> it, Are we really having this conversation? <laughs> I, don't know why, I don't know why this has to be any up for a debate anymore. I mean, we heard from Kesha. So. <laughs> Kesha is law... <laughs> Kesha is lava. Oh boy, somebody loved one of our uh, parababble things. That's nice. Um, Was it the episode of Human Skin? <laughs> it better be. There's number 67. <laughs> well, in this case, what show it was, it was 69. No, I mean, come on. There's, <clears throat> you know, the, the caller had a good question of let's just spitball it, and that's what exactly happened. Mm-hmm. And no, I personally probably don't think he can two ghosts can have sex. <coughs> Excuse me. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm along the same lines that I think that when spirits hurt people, that that is 99.9% crap. So you don't think a spirit can really... Nope. 
I'm always skeptical when people are like, oh, I got scratched by a spirit or I got pushed down a flight of stairs. Like, I think if the energy is dense enough, it can feel like something. But I don't think that people actually get hurt from spirits. I just don't. I don't. Yeah, but if they can do things and they hurt or they cause things to be hurt, uh, see. The physical manifestation of a spirit takes so much freaking energy. We know that. Like, you can feel it in the room. If you're going to see something, even a shadow moving, you can feel the atmosphere in the room change. It becomes electrified. You get that, like, spidery sense, like, the hair stands up on the back of your neck. You know something's coming. You know something's going to happen. Right. But it takes a ton of energy to do that. It takes a ton of energy to feel that way. And I just don't think... That if you had one shot as a spirit to make your presence known, that you're going to lash out and smack someone across the face because that's how you want to you be known. Depends on who you are, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're Zach, yeah, I mean. Damn. If you're Zach. Okay, so say you're a ghost. You're haunting a place. Okay. And Zach Baggins rolls into the joint and you muster up all this energy... Yeah, that that would be probably my first thing, thing to do too. I think. <laughs> I think. Look, you said it takes up so much energy to really put put it on a human if yeah. you're a ghost. Yeah. All right. Well, some people are closed off. Some people are really in tune and open to that. Like it might show. not take that much. <laughs> it might not take that much for that. You don't have to manifest like twelve ghosts. You know, like a twelve volt or something to come into you and say, hey. Because you might be open to it. You might be still attuned. You didn't get closed off in the world. If it was easy enough, though, for spirits to manifest and do those types of things, it would happen all the time. It would be a common phenomenon. You don't think it's a common phenomenon in the big picture? No. Legit? No. It's not legit. How much evidence is there of things moving and things being thrown across a room? How much physical evidence is there? You hear about it all the time. How many times? I've had it happen. I've had it happen to me a couple times. Yeah, but a couple times. Think how many. One person. How many hours of investigating have you done, though? How many locations have you? Versus that happening. Okay. All right. So that brings the whole ratio down. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I've seen it too. I've had it happen. But in ten years of doing this, I can count on one hand the number of times when something like that has actually happened. And even maybe less so because they're the one the things that happen and you're like kind of questionable. It's like, well, was it really something or is it just? But you're a also in a location that is known to be haunted. Mm-hmm. You're there for the purpose of trying to find it. Yeah. So I mean, it's but, like all the odds are stacked well, in your favor that something is going to actually happen. Yeah. But I'm saying like when something does happen, like like for example, like we're in a library and a book falls off a shelf. Mm-hmm. Is that something that happened due to ghosts, or is that just something that happened because gravity? I watched a glass fall off a table. Now, if you see it, if you I saw it physically. Yeah. There was three people in front of me and two people behind me and walking out of a room. And there was an end table at one of these asylums. And as I walked by, of course, I had my camera down, but it was on. Because we're walking out of the room, I was filming in the room. I put my camera down, we filed out, and I watched this glass whip right off the table. It was level. 
It took energy. Is it a place that you had been and spent a lot of time in? Yes. How many times did you see that phenomenon happen? Oh, now i got to think about that. With that, that intensity. Specific. With that intensity? Yep. With that intensity, I would, with just off the top of my head, is probably the only time I've seen something with that type of intensity. Well, that's kind of my point, is that floor. it takes a lot for a spirit to be able to be able to have that capacity to physically move something in this realm. Spirits are around us all the time. We just don't have those interactions because they don't all have the ability to manifest. They're just not strong enough. So even if we have enough people around us with this energy, and usually that can create the energy, yeah. Well, now your thought, now your thought thinking, your now your thought thoughts thinking. are becoming, yeah, your thoughts are becoming things. That's like a whole separate thing. But in, well, just well, think well, about, just think about like the grand scheme uh, of, you know, you're on an investigation. Somebody mm-hmm. reports all this crazy stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. You're like psyched for it. You're open to it. You're like waiting for it. Like it's the perfect storm of everything. And how many times does nothing happen? Ninety nine percent of the time. That's crap. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's in a corner over here, and he's got to work his way out of this, and he will. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not a skeptic, and I don't even think Rob necessarily is. I think it's just it's the facts. Like we've seen stuff. When we were at the the historical museum, and we caught that entity go from one end of the room to the other, there's no denying that spirits exist. There's no denying that things are out there. It's still the best piece of evidence we've ever caught. And if you go back and watch the video, which I was thinking about recently, it happened in 2010. You think about how long ago that was, and how long we were doing it before then that we caught that. And that is the last period piece of video evidence we've caught yep in eight years no that's when that's the time when i was out there also we had that piece of metal fly off the shelf and hit me in the leg and i was standing there but we didn't catch that video is what i'm you, saying you but no yeah. you couldn't see it you yeah. saw me standing there and then the reaction mm-hmm. of everything happening because i didn't move but you didn't physically see it go mm-hmm. but it went yeah. <laughs> and hit me i'm not denying that that those things are possible I think that's, like, I'm not saying, like, by all means, it never, ever happens. Like, I do think that that's a possibility that someone could have some kind of physical interaction with the spirit. I just think it is very, very, very rare. I you think it's more rare than anything? Yeah. So all of these claims that we see on shows or uh, when we go to conventions and we meet people and groups of people who have the same interests... They've all had the same experiences we've had that you think mm, some of those of them are crap. crap. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is chest bumping. And I think that the only times that it's legit when it happens is because it's a seriously bad case. And we've talked about this before because right. when spirits are happy and things are good and everything's wonderful, you don't get that intense energy. It only happens when something's not good because fear produces more energy than elation does. I mean, that's a, that's a common, you know, if you're going to lift up a car, you're going to have the strength to do it. If you think someone's dying underneath it, then if you just are like, I just want to go over there and lift the car. Like, it's, it's just the reaction, the emotion, and what it puts out. If you want something to happen, it's a lot easier if you're in a location that has a dark history because there's more energy for those things to manifest and happen. Okay, so... Poltergeist move things. As Not a- Uncle Joe who's coming to visit. No? No. I don't have an Uncle Joe, but maybe I do, but I don't. Think, think of how many times we've been in an investigation? I was just going to say, how many asylums or different places that we've been to 
where we mm-hmm. weren't amped up to go in there and we've had stuff happen. <clears throat> well, one of the, the first things we always, well, not the first thing, but something we always do when we're investigating is, you know, we tell them, feel free to come up to one of us and touch us. And for years, we've asked them to knock the hat off my head. I've loosened it up. I mean, we've had trigger objects like balls and you name it, depending on the location. Mm-hmm. And Just putting your hand out. Yeah. And how many times does something actually happen? How many? A handful. Mm-hmm. I would li- I would say <clears throat> really like a handful of times. I mean, so, I've been in probably four or five solid situations that I can think of where I've really felt like something physically happened. So, okay, so the way... Not that, including seeing things. Okay. Yeah. Because that, that's different. Okay. So this this conversation is heading into a area of a lot of the claims when people go to um, haunted locations are actually a lot less than what is... Well, well, I'll, give you, I'll give you a perfect example. So there's a there's a local place near the Parabable Studio that has had people investigating it for oh gosh, I don't know, over ten plus years now. So many groups have come through. I mean, I can't even count the number of people that have been in there, including us. I mean, we spent hours upon hours. Like if we had to put it all together and put all the time together, it'd probably equal months of how much time we've spent in that building. There was an incident that we found out about that we came in and somebody had been scratched at that location. Never, ever had anybody else been scratched there. Had that ever come out that there was something that was physically harming people there. But this person (coughs) swore up and down that something, you know, he said something and something came out and scratched him down his back. And it was it was a demon. It was a, it was a dark entity. Something happened here. But he was the only person that that has ever happened to in the entire time that people have been investigating there. And I do seem to remember that person, if I'm remembering the same exact thing you're talking about, was provoking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so he was provoked, asking. So you're asking for it, and you're using that energy to, to you amped up the energy. But do you think he's the only one that's ever gone there and provoked there? No, me neither. So is he full of crap, or did something actually happen to him? And I'm saying maybe he's that one percent that it actually happened. Like I don't, <coughs> I'm not saying that every single time someone has ever said like they were pushed or shoved or scratched that it's complete and total bullshit every single time. But it's a very rare, rare, rare thing for people to be physically attacked by ghosts. So, do you think that person who got scratched, do you think that maybe, obviously provoking, but if you take that provoking out and just come up to the group of people and say, oh my God, look at this, I got a scratch on my back, you know, I I was talking about this, do you think that amps up the rest of the crowd, uh, the team or whoever's there, to get them in the right frame of mind to start raising the expectation bar, which raises the energy? Which pulls in the ghosts. I mean, I'm sure that that's that's a possibility. I mean, I know for us, like, we've been in places where it hasn't felt good, and I've walked out. I know that, you know, other people have walked out. Like, you can tell when something's not right, and that, you know, there's maybe potential for it to amp up. And I think most sane people would make the decision (laughs) to take a break and get out of there. But... 
there's probably a couple of people that don't Thrill feel seekers. that way. Yeah, that they really want to push limits. it because everyone looks for that right one piece of evidence. I just it's hard for me to believe in it because if you see so many of like the old poltergeist cases and how so much of that stuff has become debunked at this point, you know, it, it's 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 hard to believe that. You know, you come into a kitchen and suddenly all the chairs are stacked and all the cabinet doors are open when, you know, those things were later found out to be staged. And people being jumping off beds, you know, that look like they're sailing through the air. Like, what was it, the Edinburgh Poltergeist? Mm -hmm. I mean, all of that stuff that, you know, you think at first is like, wow, I can't believe that kind of phenomenon happens. And then you find out that it was hoax, that it was fake, and that people didn't actually have those experiences. And I think it probably makes you a little bit more skeptical. And it's hard to then legitimize people when they have real experiences. Okay, so as long as this group has been around and all the places that we've gone, and you guys obviously have a couple years more than I do or a year and a half or whatever, um, if we take every place that we've been um, that is supposedly haunted and has activity, and we do have information on it, do you think that's a lot in the big scope of just our group doing that? Because if we're talking about <clears throat> the interaction of ghosts and how, how, how many claims are actually bullshit versus what's real, if you take us in the last 10 years and what we've put together and what we've come across... Do you think that's a lot in 10 years, or is that just like a just a little snippet? And if it is just a little snippet, you take all the rest of the people that are in paranormal fields that have... Now, on it, we're being honest with each other. We know what we debunk. We know what we think we can't explain, and we, you know, we turn that into, well, that's evidence that we just can't explain, so it's got to be paranormal. How many other groups are doing that, that are honest with themselves, feel that way, and then you take the, the individual solo investigators that go out there and have these experiences. It's tougher to validate because they're a one-man show. But you just, like I said, if you take our 10 years, we've had all kinds of experiences going on. So what's our ratio here? How big is that window of truthfulness when it comes to... Ten years you've had this, this, this. I mean, we can go through your your computer and just look at all the information that we've done and come across. I feel like compared to what we've done, it's small. You know, and if we're just talking like physical, all right, let's do let's just just do a percentage: 60, 40, 70, <clears throat> 30, 50, 50. Like as far as just in ten years, our ten year window mm-hmm. of all the places we've gone and all the things that we've captured or cannot explain. How does that fall in your percentage chart? I would say 10% things happen. So you're saying like 10%, 10% out of a time. I would Something. say it's more than that. But my impressions are different. I would say it's probably more like 30, 70. But that's also because there are times when I feel like there might be things that I'm noticing that maybe not everybody else is. Or things that I've seen that maybe not everybody else has. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to look at it, you know, overall when it's kind of a personal thing, too, you know. Like, my impressions aren't always going to be the same as Rob's, and Rob's aren't always going to be the same Mm -hmm. as mine. If you want, like, hardcore evidence that's, like, indisputable, 
then I do think it's probably more about what what Rob is saying, maybe 10 to 15 percent. In our 10-year span, you'd give it about a 10 to 15 well, If you think yeah. there might be, between all of us, we might have 200 EVPs. I think that's a lot more than what we actually probably have. Well, between all of us? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so if I mean, you think about that and you think about how many hours were spent mm-hmm. to get those, you know, I mean, it's not... It's not a huge... And I'm always skeptical of groups that go into a place and come out with 15 EVPs. It's always like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. But now, you're, but now you're walking into a line of this. You're skeptical with other groups or other people, and um, that's because you're not there. Right. I don't know the circumstances that the evidence was caught under. So then every other group and every other person out there should be, you know, non-believed. Basically, because you're not there. Because we hold true to the theory of if I walk into a room and I catch something or something happens and no one else is there with me, guess what? Well, it looks like it could have happened, but no one else is there to validate it for you. So, does that cut down your percentages? I think evidence is so easy to fake that you yeah. have to feel that way about it. I'm, I'm, That's the problem. It is. Too. It is. Yep. But what I'm, I'm driving at is uh, I'm taking it from an honest approach, and I'm taking it from everybody else who's doing this ghost thing. You know, let's just say they're honest. You know, is that is is it still on the small side of the big scale here? Or if you listen to every story that's been brought up to us at convention, wherever, and everyone's story is true, let's just take it from an honest point of view. Um. <clears throat> You know, is that still just the tip of the iceberg? Like, you know? in comparison to like what we have, or? I'm just well, yeah. No, in general, in general, people out there, if like, okay, like I said, if you're not there, that eliminates us. That that mm-hmm. takes you. Like, it's not true. No, we weren't there. We can't verify that. Oh, this picture. Okay, great. Now, knowing our group and how we handle things in the honesty policy. And debunking it and throwing out the window. If every person out there that is ghost hunting or in groups or whatever are just as honest as us, okay, and they're they work the same way, are we still on the small side of walking into these haunted places and only getting the tip of the iceberg on our evidence? Is it a small thing or is it actually larger? Because like you have to cut some of the crap out at some point, right? Yeah. But if everybody is honest, and in our 10 years, we've come up with 200 pieces of evidence. Well, another group out there, 10 years, they've come up with 300 pieces of evidence. I mean, is that still small to to the relative field? Yeah. I mean, I mean that, there's yeah. parts of the world that we haven't even explored yet. Yeah. Like, how many people live oh. in the world, <laughs> and how much of it is undiscovered, untouched by, you know, humans? I think... It's a tiny little snapshot that paranormal investigators see. And the, a big reason for that is because when you're coming into a Honda location, you don't live there. You don't spend 24-7 in there. You're there for, at most, maybe an eight-hour window for one time. And you're just seeing a tiny little piece of what's there. And that's really what ghost hunting is. I mean, everybody sees just a snippet. They get a snapshot of what's going on. 
And that's why I think that there's not a lot of evidence out there because as much as people are doing it all the time, the window for something to happen, it's like, it's gotta be a perfect storm. There's gotta be so many variables that have to click together. Otherwise you're not gonna get anything. And I feel like that's more common. It's way more common to not get anything than it is to get something. And that's why people sometimes fake things because they have to, you know, well, have that. There's going to be a percentage oh, of yeah. fakers. We, we get it. We, we get stuff all the time. Every single time we go anywhere, we get something. Bullshit. That doesn't happen. There is not a single person that every single time they go to an investigation. I know people say that, and I know people are out there that think that, but it's, it's, it's not possible. <laughs> it's not possible. No. Those are the people that they want to make themselves look good because they just want to be famous and get a TV show or a YouTube show, whatever the hell kind of show they can get these days with this. So I think you have to take out a percentage of fakers. I think you have to take out a small percentage of people who think it's paranormal when it's probably not because there is a lot. It, it doesn't seem like a lot. If people learn, if people learn the right way, and you've always said there's no real... You know, we're really not experts in this field. But if you learn the right way and use your mind for deduction in how things happen at these haunted locations, you will cut out a percentage of what's going on. That's what got me hooked on doing this in the first place, is like trying to pick everything apart well, I think and that's, get to the truth of what's going on. That's always been, I mean, that's our, that's our tagline. From it our sure group. is. <laughs> Above all, we seek the truth. That's always been the way it's been because we work harder to prove that it's not something than we work to prove that it is. And right. You brought up a good point too because I don't think that most people are like actively faking things. I think a lot of people just don't understand how things work. Well, I could be I could be someone who's ghost hunting for a year now and walk into a haunted mm-hmm. location and everything that happens in that place in the dark, you hear noises, that's a ghost. Mm-hmm. So you still have to write out some of that That as, all right, you don't have real proof on it. You heard it. Maybe it was, you know, a stupid tree branch in the window. So, you're so right about that, though, because how yeah. many times do we say we walk into some place, we ask for something, we hear a noise, and what do we always say right after that? Damn, it's a ghost. Do it no. again. Oh. That's what we always say. Yep. If that was you, yep. do it again. And how many times do you ever hear it happen again? Very rare. All the time. Oh, <laughs> oh, I was wrong on those. Oh wait, oh, I was supposed to answer that. But do you no, know? No, I, mean? I know totally there's, what you mean. There's a right. process and that's that what you we go do. through because exactly. you're trying to always prove that it's not before you prove that it is. And if it really was paranormal when it happened the first time, why wouldn't it happen again? But then you never know because, like, this, this reminds me of the time we were at the particular library and we were teaching a class. And we were playing back EVPs or just like recordings of things. And one of the things we always do during the Mm -hmm. investigations is finish this tone. How how many times has that ever worked on an investigation? Never. Mm -hmm. Nope. We go ahead and we play this recording at the library. The recording of it. The recording. And what happens? Two thumps from up top. Yep. And those ceilings were what? 
Seems cement. Yeah. But see, that to me makes it legit because you're asking, even though it was still a recording, it's you're listening. asking for a response and you're getting a yeah. response. My point is, though, we've tried we tried that during investigations oh, yeah. at that place. Oh yeah. So it's hit or miss, even if the place really is haunted. Well, I think that's what it gets back to. It's like you're mm-hmm. only seeing a snapshot mm-hmm. of where you are in that location at any given time. That if you ever wanted to seriously document whether or not a place was haunted, you would have to live in it twenty four seven. You would have to document every single thing that happened. You'd have to document the temperature, the time. The, you know, the everything, because there's so many variables. You know, you could go to a place in the winter, and it's going to be different in the winter than it's going to be in the summer. Mm-hmm. You know that it's going to make different noises. You know there's going to be different street things happening. You know that the building, the energy is going to feel different, depending on whether or not there's been 50 people through there that day or two. There's so many variables. And groups don't take good notes. They don't do case studies. Mm-hmm. They go into locations, they have a seven-hour investigation, and they may or may not come out with something and put their stamp on it that that's how that place is. And you can't do that. And it's really scary when you think of, like, residential investigations we've done. Think of how many of them, first of all, no haunting going on, 99%, due to mental issues, Abuse, whether it be like mental or drugs, drugs, medications, alcohol, alcohol. medication, yeah. Um, And you only get what, like you said, you only get one normally depression, depression, Mm -hmm. one crack at that. You go in there, you do like a little pre thing, and you talk to the owners or whatever is going on, and then you might do a little investigation there, but then you'll come back with your team and your equipment, and you'll set up. And again, it's going to fall under hit and miss unless that place is a hotbed of activity happening all the time, you know, still. I think you could find out just from that first initial interview or talk or sit-down that we do whether or not anything's actually happening. It's a ghost from the past. Um, (coughs) Yeah, because when you walk, you know, I had the opportunity to work at a place for over a year, and, you know, you're talking about like a case study. It was a case study. I mean, I have everything stored away in my head. I know what happened. Sometimes sometimes I had someone there to validate it. Other times I didn't have people there to validate it. But you really, like when you go in on one-shot deals, you're not going to get the full full glimpse of it. So, you you know, you could say, oh, that noise was this. Right. Well, we've always, we always tell locations that we want to be able to come in at least three times because we want to see... You know, from time to time to time are the same kinds of things happening. And there's been things that have happened in locations that we've been in way more times than that that have happened once Mm -hmm. or that have happened twice. You know, I've seen a light come on in a lamp in a location that we've probably been to 50 times and it's happened once. There was the historical museum where we heard the clock make the noise. Yeah. That didn't the clock that didn't work that For never like worked. Or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And we have it. Like yep. we all heard it. It's on it's on the recording. Like it's mm-hmm. there. But how many times had we been in there? But wait a minute. That, and that, that never place, happened. True. That clock didn't, but that place was kind of active. That was each time we went in there, we had almost, I would say at least an 80/20 shot that something was happening that evening or back-to-back nights that we were in there. That was well, one of the higher places. <clears throat> that, that, it was, yes. but how much of that was also brought on by us? 
And whatever the hell was in that building at any given time. Right. I mean, you know, we when we played Shuffle Off to Buffalo, we <laughs> had a, a lot of stuff happen. Yeah. But that's also because we introduced that. You know what so, I mean? Like, some other group coming in wouldn't have done what we did and maybe wouldn't have had that same experience. It's that snapshot. You never know what you're going to get. You have to be living in a place. You have to be there all the time. So do you think um, these spirits will come out to different groups just because they can line up better with certain individuals, certain spirits? Like like if we go in there, we might not get nothing, but another group might go in there and they may be like, oh my God, I had this, 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 this going on. Is, could that be the individual team or I'm the sure individual that person probably has that's working? To do with it. If you have a group that's more closed off and a group that's more open, you're probably going to have some activity happen. I mean, if the mix of the group itself that night, the energy's off or something's going on, I'm sure that affects things. It comes back to all those variables. And because you're dealing with human nature and you're dealing with you know, things outside of your control, you can't control everything. You can't control how every single person feels. You can't control what Mm -hmm. every single person's thinking. You can't control the temperature. You can't control, you know, the noises. You can't control how much current is already going through that building. You can't. So The best that we can do is be on the same page. Well, I think that's the most important thing. You have to work with a group that's like-minded. You have to know each other's you know, weaknesses and strengths, and you have to be able to be honest with each other. Okay. I mean, I think the respect thing is huge. Like, I respect both of you so that if you came to me and said, this just happened to me, I'm going to believe it because I trust the both of you. But if somebody else came to me and said the exact same thing that one of you did in the exact same location... We'd have to investigate. I'm not going to believe it. <laughs> be like, um, it's bullshit right now, but we'll get back to you. But where was this at? Oh, the bathroom? Okay. No, I mean... Or if you tell me that something happens <laughs> and then some random person comes up and tells me the same thing happened to them because it happened to you, it's right. going to lend some credence to it. So you're you know? fact-checking. Yeah. I so mean. we're Parababble, and you can reach us on Podbean, Twitter, Facebook. All those things. All the social media sites oh, and Parababble Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, that too. Ghost hunting is such a it's such a complex thing when you talk about it because there's so many different pieces to like you know you think it's just go out get some equipment sit in a room see what happens, but it's so there's so much more to it than that, and I think that's where a lot of groups <clears throat> don't spend the time or the energy. You know, it's like everyone's out for the thrill. Everyone's out for. Yeah. What's the next big thing that's going to happen? You got to have a little bit of thrill. You got to have a little bit of, you know, to like it to go and do it. I mean, you can't. It's like being a skeptic going in there and stomping your feet all pissed off. I don't want to. I just want to prove that this is wrong. I don't like this. This is not fun. You know, you got to have some type of, you know, yeah. something with it. To me, it's fun when I can't prove it. Right. It's fun. Well, yeah. Trying to prove it, but then when you when you're stumped and you're left with nothing, it's like. Right. You know and. We we started off with a, a caller about you know ghosts and interaction and tonight's topic was actually supposed to be about uh, objects and things that have happened in asylums and haunted locations yeah. that we've had experiences mm-hmm. with but I think we've changed we changed the flow a little bit but we're using a little bit of our experiences of what has happened along the way to kind of like either prove or disprove how ghosts can interact and stuff like that. What do you think about what do you think about um, haunted objects or lo- things that are locations that keep the ghost around? Do you think that is prevalent 
in a, in a bigger way or a smaller way? Does it play big parts to it? Or is it just, like you said, the energy of a team or people coming in there trying to ramp it up and they can attach to you and you get to see things happening? So, you know, we've all been to different locations where, you know, we've seen this chair from like 1920, you know, and there's always activity in this room. Is it the chair? Is it the person? I mean, how do we, how would we kind of balance that out? You know, if we had to figure... Well, it's kind of funny because I think that no one ever does, like, the right kind of experiment. You know, if you go into a location and there's a room that has a lot of activity happen and people think it's related around an object, the thing in my mind to do would be to take the object out of the room and then still do the investigation and see if you get any activity. Right? I mean, that's what it's all about. You're trying to prove or disprove that something's going on. I mean... No one ever does that, though. <laughs> no, know, we, I, and I don't know why people. You don't go do into that. a room, you see an object that's "quote unquote" haunted. Mm-hmm. So, we, do we try to? It's tough because I feel like they're always, we're always afraid to touch that object that's haunted because it's either you know it's in a museum, it's super old. Sometimes it's behind glass or whatever, and, and it's hard to say. Cause, I mean, I feel like we haven't been to a ton of places where they've specifically pointed out like. This object right here, this particular one, is what's causing all this activity. Because, you know, you go to a museum or a library or something like that, and it's a crapshoot. Well, it's always a crapshoot, but... They're doing something. For some reason. um, Well, and I never understand the whole thing with, like, you know, you're going to take this haunted object, you're going to bind it, and then you're going to put them all in a, a space somewhere and have all these haunted objects together and have nothing happen there because everything's bound. I don't... Why would spirits listen? <laughs> I think it's that's always kind of like a... Well, why would they answer us if we talk to them and they're intellectual? Well, because that's a conversation, that's a give and take. But if I'm going to tell you that you're not allowed to do something, like what puts me, what gives me the authority to, to confine that spirit to not doing things because I tell it so? Have you ever told a spirit to get out and leave us alone and things calm down? But claiming your space is a different phenomenon. Claiming your space is, it doesn't necessarily send the entity away. It just makes it so that it's not interacting. It's your boundaries. But if you're saying that this this glass right here is haunted, mm-hmm. so, you know, it's haunted. There's a spirit in it. And no matter where this glass goes, it's going to have activity because the spirit's attached to this glass. Right. And if I say, spirit... You are not allowed to come out of that glass anymore, and I'm going to put you in this box, and you're going to be in there for the rest of eternity. Why does it listen? What authority does does that have? Almost implying that it's forced to. Right. But how and why? Exactly. It's never made any sense to me. And it's like, if you have all of these haunted objects in, in one location, how do you not have activity? Like, who who came down and, and touched you in a way that... You have this insane power that you can confine things so that they become no See, problem anymore. It's interesting you say that because I think of it differently. If I walk into a place and I want that not to happen or if I want something to go away, I think I'm the one in charge. I'm the one pushing it away and it's listening to me. I'm not listening to it. Never have I thought that, oh crap, that's not listening. That thing keeps coming back again and again and again. The only time that happens is when we ask for it to keep coming. We ask questions. We want it to come back. I never go into a 
uh, a haunted location going, all right, these guys are going to run, you know, rough shot on me tonight and they can do whatever they want. No, I'm going in there. I'm going to ask the questions. I'm going to invite you to me. I'm the one in control. And, you know, it's interesting about that whole claim, uh, you know, if you, you claim your space, it doesn't necessarily mean that goes away. It just maybe hangs out in the corner somewhere and peers yeah, at you. you put your boundary in. You're not sending it to the light. <clears throat> True. You're just putting True. your boundary in. And I guess that people could say, well, I put a boundary around the glass. Well, that's... Eh, that's that's what, Yeah, that's it weak. is. Yeah, the theory falls apart. All the time. Right. Or seven forever. And I think that there is a way to get rid of objects that have attachments. You know, like, you can destroy the object. I mean, if the energy is contained in it and you destroy it, then the energy is going to dissipate. If you bury it or you burn it, you're you're breaking up the energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get that. I understand that part of it. But it's when I see like these people that claim that they've got these haunted objects behind lock and key, and you know, oh, if it gets out, yeah, <laughs> what's what? it gonna do? What? Like I, it's just... gonna haunt, and let, you know how far? What's the terminology of haunt? I don't get that. If it gets that. out, there's another Conjuring movie that they're gonna have to make soon. <laughs> I think they're working on another. Probably. One. <laughs> they're using the Ed Lorraine stories. They got a lot yeah. of good ones. I just never, I just, it just doesn't make sense to me. That's all. So, do you, okay, so obviously you've watched, uh, what is it, Haunted Collector with mm-hmm. John Zaffis and family. Mm-hmm. So do you um, believe in the sense that when they find an object in the house and they take it out, that it stops the haunting? <clears throat> well, it's hard because I don't know what exactly they claim to do to find the object. They never show you that. No, they but they do have the museum you. that they put them in. And right. Some things are probably, I would say, you know, bound. Well, I would, yeah. I would hope so. But they don't ever tell you how they do it. No. So are they, you know, cleansing it with something? Are they, you know, I mean, if I pick up something from a yard sale, I sage it because it and it takes the energy away from me. You know, it's clean mm-hmm. then. It's neutral. I don't know what they do. So it's hard for me to say that it's legit or it's not legit. I just think that when most people say things like that, they never tell you what they do. And why Why wouldn't they? What makes it so special? I right. Mean, wouldn't you want anyone to have the ability to stop things from happening like that? Yeah. You would think. Wouldn't you want to teach but... anybody how to do that so that it didn't happen to people anymore if that was really like a legitimate thing? The secrets are what are what I don't like. Because that's it's not... When you start holding back knowledge from people, in my mind, that's just wrong. Uh, granted, I used—I know I used a television show, which it has its own thing going on when it comes to entertainment value and what's real. But if you just take that scenario as, okay, you got something going on in this house. We do the research. Um, uh, you know, one of the episodes that keeps popping up in my head is where they found the gun underneath the house. And they took the gun out and all this stuff stopped. And they did whatever they did with it. My, I think what would be really cool was if we could go to a place and that has objects in it and little by little sweep it out of the way, you know, take stuff out and see what remains in a building. Well, you know, if that show had such a very, a very, very specific gimmick to it that every place they went to it was an object causing the haunting, I'd really be curious to see, like, out of all the places they went to on that show, they, they took an object out of there, right? Mm-hmm. That they said was causing the haunting. I'd be curious to see which one of those, like how many of those places still had shit going on. Right, there's no like follow-up. And that, I think, you know, not to get away from what we're talking about, 
that would be really cool if you know you could get the truth if they did a follow-up mm-hmm. to it. You know, obviously, if you get the owner of the house, they're going to be like, well, it stopped and deep, 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 deep. But if you put it onto a show, who the hell is going to watch that? You know, and, and that's where the, it gets convoluted a little bit of, you know, truthfulness when it comes to this, this field. But um, as far as, like, I, I think that would be a really just a neat idea to take stuff out. Like, I've, I'm fascinated by going to antique stores, flea markets. This stuff is traveled who knows how far. Right. Well, I have a haunted doll. I mean, she's haunted. I know she is. But I did what I did to make sure that there's nothing happening in my house. And I trust the process that I went through. And I believe in it because I haven't had a single issue since I did it. So I'm not saying that it's not possible on some level. But I think that it's the, again, like, it's the it's keeping the knowledge from people. Like, if anybody asked me how I did that, I would be very open about telling them, and I would explain to them what, what worked for me and what they could potentially do. But the belief system. Well, I, that might be part of it. Maybe that's why it works for me. I don't know. Have all those people that own these haunted museums with all these objects and stuff that find them or whatever, do they refuse to, to say how they did it? Or is it just something that they don't show on TV because it's boring? I've never, I mean, I've read case studies from very, you know, prominent people that have a lot of these objects and never once have they said anything about how they do it. Hmm. And sometimes when they do allude to it, it's things that are done by priests. Which, again, doesn't make any sense to me because a priest should only be able to work within the confines of the religion that they're a priest for, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's a spirit that didn't believe in that belief system, why would it listen? That's never been... It's always been something that's never made any sense to me. That's like when people have to come in, they have a priest come in and try to bless or clear their house, but they don't follow that religion. They don't go to church. They're not religious themselves. Like, where is the belief system that it's going to be effective? And if you're dealing with a spirit that was an atheist... <laughs> Yeah, what's the deal? Right, exactly. Why are they going to be like, yes, Brother Joe? <clears throat> and you you're know, right. <laughs> you know the uh, a couple of these museums out there that where these people actually do take the uh, haunted, quote unquote, haunted object out of there, and they put them in this museum, and no one's allowed to go into this museum. It's it's keeping the darkness locked up. Um, there are paranormal groups that go and investigate these museums, and I'm talking about one in particular. Um, the person but if they're bound in there to keep the spirits there and you're going to investigate what will you get out of that well technically you shouldn't get anything if that's really what's going on so then why do you have a paranormal group coming in there investigating the museums if everything is you know done properly to take it off the market and sort of speak and it's a good question you know don't open this case it's bound or don't open this it's buried or it's wrapped or it's this you I know i feel like we should all go to a flea market it's like parabattle like on the road adventure paraflea look for a haunted object buy it and just go from there and see what happens why can't we just take a recorder in there whose house are we going to leave these haunted objects in hold up Wait, mm-hmm. who said anything about houses? Well, they have to have a home. How are you going to study them to know whether or not they're actually haunted? Yeah. Well, you're gonna. How much? Uh, <laughs> how much are we buying before we actually hit something? Maybe 
do we have to buy like an old like uh, butter churn I from like the twenties? I think what Rob is saying is that you're going to try to walk through and use your spidey yeah. sense to mm-hmm. feel what might have yeah. something attached. See what draws you to it, and then leave it in your house and see if anything actually happens around it. Mm-hmm. Then, when you say your house, do you specifically mean Allie's house or your house? Oh, it's not coming to my house because nothing comes in that's got any potential for any of that. So in my it's house. going to Jeff's house. I think it might have to. How did that work out? I mean, you already uh, have the Ouija boards. Yeah, but they're not used. <laughs> I love the way you said that. <laughs> I have the Stranger Things Ouija board, which is kind of cool. And then I have the one that the Reverend... Well, I already got wards up around my house, so none of that's coming through and having anything happen. And <laughs> someone at my house is seeing white shadows cutting in front of a hallway, so... Well, there you go. So you already have stuff going on. I don't see this stuff. It would just make sense then to put it there. So you want to go to a, you want to go do a paraflea, and yeah. just kind of feel out something that draws you to, you and just pulls you in. Well, I just get goosebumps Let's do it. about that see? idea. This uh, is going in the uh, the book of parababel ideas along with the Hans Holzer Invitational that we're never going to do, but are awesome. Stop <laughs> it! We are going to do it. So we can put down the mm-hmm. paraflea. The paraflea. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. There's a lot of antique places. There's lots of um, Salvation Armies, places like that, that have just stuff. And who knows, man? We only think in our realm of like, oh, this is probably from the 80s. Could be. Or this shit could be like traveling like out of the 20s and the 30s. You just don't know where it's traveled. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. You just don't know where it's traveled. You don't know what it's been attached to or someone right. attached mm-hmm. to it. So, And do you, think, do you think some of these haunted places, you know, make up a little bit of their... Make up a little bit of their um, stories. Oh, yeah. I mean, they have to. Because most of the time, if they're charging people a fee to come in, they need that money for some reason. You know, whether it's restoration or taxes or upkeep or whatever mm-hmm. it is. So it only it only helps them to have rich histories. You know, if it was just a normal everyday history about nothing really happening, then where would the allure be in the first place? You want the asylum. You want the penitentiary. You want the, you know, place the where places. there's a potter's field in the back of it. You yeah. you want those places because you're like, wow, there's potential. Something could be going on here. If it's like, yeah, it was just a building. It was built 20 years ago. Nothing's ever happened here. Yeah, sure. I want to get in there and investigate it. I definitely think they embellish. I think they tend to highlight the things that people want to know about. Or, you know, people will naturally gravitate to something creepy in a haunted place. You know, obviously lots of places put up the doll room. Like, oh, well, that's, you know, it's, it's like clowns. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. I, I don't like clowns. You go in there and you see dolls, people get creeped out. Next thing you know, you have that energy of creepiness pumped yeah, into that room. Yeah, the kids' room. room. There's always the like kids', kids room. room. You know, we hear, you know, the ball rolls around or we hear little children. Mm-hmm. But you're you're putting that energy into a it. chapel. Yeah, there's usually some sort of chapel in a place. I've seen things happen in that chapel. I've seen things happen in chapels too. I got video of things happening in a chapel. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. You know, it happens. It does. I wish it would happen more. Mm-hmm. Let's go ghost hunt now. Like, I was gonna say we're going to the ghost. I kind of want to. Yeah. Can we go squatch hunting maybe like right across the street here from the studios in yeah. the woods? I mean, you probably find some deers, but yeah. I mean, if you find a dead one, you blame Sasquatch on it. 
Or mm. Chupacabra. Yeah, that too. Might be a little too cold from this time of year up here. Yeah, they tend to yeah. migrate where it's warmer. And off topic. <laughs> Do we even ever have a topic here? No, this, to- this topic was about... Because we started about... by talking to, about Kesha. And ghosts. And, and now we're talking oh, about are you going to close the episode with her famous song, too? Oh, yes, I am. Nice. I think we're getting to that point. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, this is off, so I'll have to edit it in later. <laughs> oh, so she's not going to come to the Parababel Studios so we can meet her? Oh, my God. I wish, right? That would be amazing. She gives, she gives magic a bad name. Do you imagine that episode? <laughs> if anyone knows Kesha and can connect us with her to be on the show, write us at Parababel on Facebook or Twitter, uh, or email us, parababelpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be waiting for that. Mm-hmm. We will. Yep. Will they thank our caller tonight? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure that discussion isn't over <laughs> when someone gets home. <laughs> but it kind of kicked off the whole idea of haunted objects and asylums and how ghosts interact with people. And Well, I think that's always easy for us to talk about because we are so passionate about it. And we do like to do it. And it's something that, you know, right. we've got some personal knowledge with. So... You know, I feel like any time that it's a topic like that, it's always just easy to have a discussion. Yep. So, haunted objects, yes or no? Is it real? Yeah, I think so. Sure. Okay. I think that ghosts can have physical impact on the world. So, if they attach to humans and their spirit, why can't they attach to... Each other? A baseball bat. (laughs) Yeah, each other. Because... Each other? If they attach to humans, it's usually because humans are a source of energy, and another spirit has really nothing to offer. Then what's a baseball bat? It's a baseball bat. Well, yeah. Why is it attached? Well, well, why is because it attached? It's an emotional attachment. There's usually a connection. So that emotional they had in life is still energy that they had in life. Okay. Yeah. So they truly don't let go. Then they're still hanging on this side. Yeah. If that's the case. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know. I don't this... think we'll ever know until we get catches. <laughs> Kesha in this studio. We should take a poll. We should put a poll up on the Parabellum page. I'm going to. Yep. They'll probably take the page down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it was a good, I think this was a good, easy roundtable about, you know, objects and how ghosts interact with people and some of the haunted places and Mm -hmm. the validity of ghost hunters, whether you have to believe or not believe if you're not in the room with them, Mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, how big is the paranormal world that we stand in right now today when you you look at the big picture? I mean, is it like 2% of everything? You know, but... I don't know what the hell I'm going to call this episode. Lost Asylum. Paranormal Roundtable. Paranormal Roundtable. Asylum's haunting shit. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yep. Technically, she was on the episode. Technically, yeah. She's closing us out. Until next time. Yeah. 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 Yeah